Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. It sounded like fun. I was a little jealous. I didn't yeah. get to hang out and, and as, experience. But as someone that's worked the market, it was definitely more fun than the market. <laughs> Welcome to episode forty of the Whiskey and White Tales podcast, coming at you hotter than a doe in mid-November. Ooh, welcome, 40. welcome to Monday, September twenty seventh. Welcome. To Monday. Yeah, welcome. Thanks Good. for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having thanks for allowing us into your your home, your ears. Ears, thanks for having us. <laughs> today it's just us. Yeah, it's just us. No guests today. We're gonna recap some stuff that's been going on the last week, talk about what we got going on this weekend, maybe talk about some other things happening in the whiskey and whitetail space. We're also gonna do round two of the Heaven Hill Strike. Yeah, that's right. We got some other things to cover. Yes. Should be a hot popping episode. Lots of things to go over. Yeah, should be good. What do you uh? Do you want to talk about this now? Well, or? no. I was going to ask if you if you knew anyone, if you knew where I could get firearm or firearm accessories from anybody. So I actually know a guy, some guys. Yeah. Um, over at uh, Gun Monkeys Armory. Mm. I don't know if you heard of them. By yeah. Chance. Yeah, but if you head over to shop.gm, sorry, shop.gmarmory.com. Uh, they have a plethora. A wide range of selection. A, a huge selection. You of, think it's enough to supply America's firearm needs? That's what they say they do, and I believe them. I believe them, too. Uh, go check them out. And use code WHISKEY to get $30 off the purchase. Which is pretty good, if you ask me. Yeah. Likewise, on the same note, I have been looking for some things to decorate my office, particularly some whitetail photography. Any idea where I could find some of that? Um. Oh, yeah. Dom got it. Yeah. <laughs> You go to domgodfoto.com, you can use code WHISKEY and get 20% off a wide, wide range of whitetail friends. Oh, I'll check that out. And they're all on museum-quality paper, Gus. Museum-quality? Yeah. Wow. He can even set you up with frames, I believe. I've seen him post pictures of pictures and frames, so 
So I'm sure you can make it happen. (laughs) This episode today is sponsored by, that was it, but it is powered by. That's right. (laughs) Old Pepper Distillery. This is a single barrel rye that we got from the Gibby's Bottle Shop and people on Patreon know a little bit more about this than most of you, but you know, you don't have to get on there to go look. I didn't mean to do that, but that was cool. That was cool. I was getting ready to ask if you've done that before because that was well planned. So on the back it says, I want you to chug and see Uncle Sam thing. Um, before now, I'll go ahead and pop it. <laughs> oh, that's a really good pop. That was good. Durr. Solid. Get you a glass, son. Glub, 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 glub. Oops, over poured you. It's okay. okay. All right. So, reason dose mm-hmm. that I picked this one was Patreon things. The other one was because when we went to Kentucky for the Velvet Hunt, shout out to Rocco Camp Hero. Yeah. Hey, why? We also went to the James E. Pepper Distillery, which was full of fun facts. One of which was that they were found in 1780 and then burned down. And then I'm not going to ruin the whole tour for you. Yeah. But <laughs> several generations have passed, and Oscar Pepper built a new, larger distillery in the place that we went to. And you learn all about that place. But he hired James C. Crow, a chemist, to help him. None other than Old Crow. But they perfected a sour mash technique that is still widely used today. But here's the thing that I really wanted to talk about. First, let's give this a smell. This is a single barrel rye. Mmm. Hey, it's not as peppery as I would think. No, you still get some of those spice notes from the rye, but... So their bourbon is fantastic, and this has a lot of perfume notes to it as well. The floral? Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Yep. It smells good. It smells like... I get, uh, uh, when you get past the spice, like when your nose gets a little bit used to the kind of the ethanol and then, and then past that, but the spiciness from the rye, I get like a toffee or butterscotch type. Yeah. Anyways, it's good. This tastes nothing like the old pepper rye that I had there. This is a very unique barrel pick. That is very sweet bourbon heavy. It is for rye. That's very interesting. And that's, I had it before. I recommended it to folks um, on our Patreon. I had it at Gibby's, and I liked it, and that's oh, why I did? bought it. Oh, okay. And that's one of the reasons I've been recommending it, but I had forgotten how good it is, and since, especially since I've been to the distillery and tried. So you got you got to do a little try at your uh, at Gibby's? Yep. Yeah, shout out for building relationships with your store owners. Yeah, we talked about them last episode. <laughs> so one thing I wanted to discuss was this is just a random thing that I found out. Well, I've learned it last night. Well, so Andy and my wife and I have this agreement where if one of us is going to do something, the other one will do something else instead of just sitting on the couch. Okay. So I was making dinner and I was like, Hey, go find something to watch. Poor favor. So she goes and turns, I don't remember what streaming service. I think Mm -hmm. it was, it doesn't matter. And she found uh, uh, Roe, Bob Ross, John, John, Jim, Bob Roe. The Dirty Jobs guy. Oh. Uh, Mike Rowe. Mike Rowe, yeah. So he had something called uh, How Alcohol Saved the World, which there are multiple versions of that. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. But she had found that, and it was, I think it was a three or four part series, which we haven't watched the whole thing. But one of them, he was telling a story. And as he was telling the story, I was like, that's a pretty good story. I might uh, remember it <laughs> and tell it again later. And then kind of forgot, you know, went to bed, brain resets. So fast forward to today. I was reading about Old Pepper, and Old Pepper told this story, but didn't. They left some pieces out that Mike Rowe had said, and Mike Rowe didn't mention Old Pepper at all. Okay. So this is the story. 
which I find extremely fascinating. So, Ulysses S. Grant, he was known as a alcoholic. He had a drinking problem. Yeah. Right? So, in his personal memoirs, he actually wrote down that he's just a lightweight. It's not that he's a drunk. He just can't hold his liquor. He drinks a little <laughs> bit and he gets trashed, right? So, they had mentioned in the show his height, weight. Yeah. So, I went and looked it up. He's five foot eight, 135 pounds. Oh, wow. So, yeah, he probably, which is taller than average for someone in that year. Time frame, yeah, but. But 135 pounds, yeah, I bet he couldn't drink a lot, especially if they were pumping out 110 per. Yeah, I'm kidding. <laughs> so some of Grant's critics stated that he was incompetent and a poor leader, despite the fact that he had two citations for gallantry and one for meritorious conduct in the Mexican-American War. And he went from a recruiting training job in April of 1861 to colonel in July and then to Brigadier General, the commander of the District Southeast Missouri Infantry in September. So in one year, he went from training guy to Brigadier General. Yeah. Now, granted, probably wouldn't have many people to pick. <laughs> and I think a lot of people died in that time frame. But so on and so forth. He became president in 1869, served till 1877. So... When these people came to Lincoln, they were like, Cause, so Lincoln didn't drink. Yeah. And they came to him and they said, hey, this guy's a drunk. You know, we should replace him. You know what Lincoln said? I will read it. By the way, gentlemen, can either of you tell me where Grant gets his whiskey? Because if I can find it, I will send every general a barrel of it. Meaning that Grant's doing a good job. So if yeah. you think he's an alcoholic, whatever he's doing, he's doing it just fine. <laughs> you know. But yeah, that was an old pepper. It was the I was reading it on Old Pepper's website, preparing uh, for this. That's cool. Just getting a little history. But I, I don't want to go any further into the distillery because it's such a cool tour that we might do it again. Cool. When we're there. Yeah. If we don't, we'll go somewhere else. But there's a lot of nifty things about that. Distillery. Sounds cool, man. So this old pepper, not bad. No, it's good. So speaking of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Everybody will already know this because this episode comes out on Monday, but we are going to Justin's House of Bourbon for mm-hmm. our podcast on Friday. We're doing one with Chief Mercer, and I'm working on another guy. I'm not going to say his name unless he texts me back while we're here, which he hasn't yet. Could have two podcasts coming out of Justin's House of Bourbon, but um, yeah, they also are doing a single barrel selection thing that's discounted this weekend while we're there so we can look forward to that oh really and you guys already know that follow us on instagram because we're gonna talk about it while we're there and we're gonna shout them out during the show awesome all right but yeah so that's what we have going on so let's shift second gear into part two of the heaven hill strike all right so i'm gonna pull up comments because i said that i would yeah last time but i want to note that this started september 10th we were recording in the evening of September the 21st, so that's 11 days of strike. Strikeage. Pick, picketing. And I have listened to a few people bring it up, I guess. I don't know if that's the right word, but I listened to a few uh, other things talk about it and haven't really heard anything new. So I'm going to go off our comments and some of the stuff I wrote down. All right. One thing, we mentioned shareholders. Family-owned is what I'm being told, so only the family's getting the profits, which is a fun thing to think about. (laughs) But the most important thing that was said to me, the moment of, like as soon as we posted it, this was one of the first DMs I got was, I don't even know if it was a comment, it was a comment, was that their health insurance was canceled day one of the strike. And so this is what Heaven Hill said. They said, your current coverage will be reinstated as soon as the work stoppage has ceased, 
concurrent with the ratification of the new contract, and you have returned to work. Wow. I mean, it's, during a pandemic, uh, during these times, yeah. it's a little difficult to just taste, you know, I don't know. That doesn't seem like they really want to meet in the middle. Yeah, it's, that's tough. Um, I understand. I put my business hat on. I understand a contract is a contract, right? Yes. And if you're no longer working for me and you no longer have an agreed upon contract with me, then I owe you nothing. At the same time, I believe in business, especially corporate business. There's got to be some room for, for, for being human. They right? should also, as much as they preach family owned, all these distillers preach family owned, family owned. Yeah, that's not really something. Or family owned, family ran, or however, however, family owned, but only the family profits is really what people are telling us. And it seems as though you're not really their extended family. They don't treat you like family because yeah. you wouldn't do that to family, even if they were contracted. Maybe I don't know. It's hard to say. It's hard, man. It's it's not an easy. We can sit here and 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 give our opinions all day long from right. behind these microphones, but well, I mean, four hundred people health insurance—that's probably not cheap. No. Oh, I know it's not cheap because <laughs> I can see what my employer pays for yeah. my contract, what they pay for healthcare. Mm-hmm. But I think it's the principle of the matter more than it is the I, financial side of it. I agree. But so some of those people, like we were talking about, have been there for forty plus years. Yeah. Right. And so, I think I think when you're dealing and, and let's let's also it's a it's a union, right? You're dealing with unionized laborers and workers, employees. Um, there has to be some understanding of how these things work, and there's a potential for a strike if there's not an agreement, and so then. It seems to me that somebody, whether it's the union or, wh- or whether it was Heaven Hill, uh, maybe didn't think this all the way through. I, I don't think know. that they. I don't think. I think Heaven Hill probably forgot the fact that uh, hopefully all of these people are going to come back. Yeah, and that that was kind of my leaning That's, of it. Is I mean, yeah, I get it. It's business, but if you want these people to come back, which you do, right? Because they're your skilled workers. <laughs> I mean, think of how hard it would be to train another 400 people to do to the job. So you want them to come back. So why would you – I mean, that just seems like a little – Yeah, like I, I think maybe – and again, you know, we're playing Monday yeah, morning quarterback for, sure. for, for lack of better terms. But if I'm sitting on a – if I'm sitting on a board and I'm saying, okay, 400 people are going to are gonna strike and those people – all those people are losing their health insurance, but we want them to come back. We want them to right. to agree. Maybe we extend a bit of an olive branch. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Maybe the union has some way to cover that as part of their dues because they collect dues for these kind of things. I don't That's I don't true. know what that covers, but I don't no one mentioned that. Um let's go through the comments real quick. So it says we've worked seven days a week off and on for the time I've been employed there going on eighteen years. It's not the working weekends that we're against, it's the not getting overtime pay for working those weekends. And one of the things I one of the other comments, which I wrote this down because I want to talk about it, was the guy said you would work seven, like a normal five-day schedule, five days, mm-hmm. but you would get Tuesday, Wednesday off or Thursday, Friday off or Wednesday, Thursday off. You wouldn't get Friday, Saturday or Saturday, Sunday off. Ever? That's, I mean, yeah. I didn't. Well, I, I get it. I guess I'm just thinking I, like. I'm just going off the comments we got and uh, and the little bit more that I've researched. Well, guy says record year in sales for the month of March 2020 and March 2021. Record sales for the year of 2020. Uh, they cut off our insurance. Thank you guys for the support. Thank you for the support. Do a follow-up. Uh, the workers on strike have all had their health insurance canceled, and yes, their hourly pay is significantly less than the competitive distilleries in the region. Which one thing I wanted to say, there was a comment that was deleted. Yeah, I was going to say, 
I wish they, I wish people wouldn't co- like I, d- delete comments. I, I, I would. Yeah. I understand. Like when you sometimes you're you're in the heat of the moment, you type something out, and you're like, you know, I was, and you delete it. Like I've done that before too. Yeah. I do. But sometimes they're they're needed to force people to look at a different side of a situation. Right. So um, I won't say <laughs> this guy's name because I honestly didn't write it down. But he, we had gotten the response. Yeah. And I was formulating a response to the response. So he was kind of complaining about some other things. But one of the things he said was. Everybody keeps saying fair. What does fair mean? And our my rebuttal that we talked about was that's a subjective term. What's fair to me is not yeah. fair to you. Is not fair to someone else. Sure. So fair wages was what he's particularly talking about. If ninety six percent of the company says these aren't fair wages, then I would say that they need fair wages. Sure. What that number is is none of my business. You don't want your neighbor to know what you make. You don't want people to know. That's nobody's right. business. But it, to the people that are on the ground doing the work. What's fair to them is not what they're getting. Right. So that's kind of the answer. I don't like, uh, there isn't a number to assign to fair. And, and someone also brought up the point that this was, um, said that they're, they're not the least paid distillery, but they are the least paid but, union. Yeah. In that region, in which that has region. been verified multiple times. Yeah. That was the other side of that con that, that that's probably what the reason he deleted it was for that part. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's, <clears throat> you have to, as you said, there are a lot of things to consider when determining what is what is fair. Yes. Are you comparing what you're making to other places where there's not a union? Because that's not a fair comparison. That's a different work environment. Right. When you show up and you can, and I don't know what the Kentucky like labor laws are, but I understand. I, I understand it that as a union member, you show up to work and you can't just be fired because they don't want to have you there anymore. Right. Which for South us, Carolina, for example, is a right to work state. So. Yeah. I can show up to work tomorrow, and if they just decide they don't like the color shirts that I wear on Tuesdays, they, they can, can find a reason to fire right. me, <clears throat> and they and don't have to provide justification. I mean, that's why the jobs that we take, it, they I'm sure maybe, some attorney is going to tell me that's not a correct explanation. Yeah, we, that we get it. But you understand. It is a it is a right to work, will to work state, and that you can be fired for literally anything. So some jobs pay more than others due to that. Sure. Enough about that. Uh, <laughs> the other thing I wanted to say. Cuts to overtime, the drastic mm. scheduling. So this is what Matt Aubrey, the president of Local 23D, these are his three points. So healthcare price spikes that reduce take-home pay, cuts to overtime, drastic scheduling changes, work five days, have two days off, but non-traditional schedules, which so, was that Tuesday, Wednesday yeah, off. Yeah, and I think that was one of the biggest gripes I saw in some of the, the comments in the articles is that folks are talking about this impact to their families. Yeah. Right? Ball games on the weekends with the kids, family yeah. trips. Like It's really hard to plan that. When, uh, you know, a lot of the world revolves around Friday evening football games, you know, Saturday and Sunday off, and you're taking that away from folks who've maybe been used to working that way for 20 or more years. Right. And now suddenly they have to change the way that they've structured their lives. Yeah. I agree. Um, the other thing, too, is scabs, just to go over the term, because a lot of people haven't heard it. So they brought scabs in. Scabs is it's just someone who works for a company while the workers are on strike. And there's, you know, it's just people making money, you know, maybe yeah. give them a little break. I understand. I, I read things that y'all were booing at him and stuff. I get it. Frustrations are high. You know, just remember, people are people. Everybody yeah. everybody has a, a reason, you know. I don't really know where my opinion is on that, but people are people. Well, I mean, Heaven Hill, uh, yeah. I hope that this all gets resolved quickly is my point yeah me too i hope it gets resolved quickly and uh historically 
strikes have usually the unfortunately the bigger guy usually wins, which sucks. But I hope it gets resolved quickly. I mean, you know, good luck to y'all, and thank you guys for reaching out and and telling us, setting us straight in some of the stuff and leaving content comments. Yeah, and uh, we still stand with you. There's still yeah. no Heaven Hill products in here, and I haven't bought any. And continue to uh, sh- you know shoot us messages as things change. We'll yeah. we'll provide little updates. It's it's interesting to us, and and I know we've had several listeners reach out and uh, extend sort of their uh, their support and their interest in what's going on as well. So we've had a lot of feedback on it. So if you wanna want us to keep everybody updated, just let us know. Let us know. No problem doing it. Yep. All right. I think I'm done with this. On to last week. So we did. Did you bring the reward award? Oh, it's right over there. It's all right. We don't need it. I can go get it. We got an award. We did. And you met the mayor. I did. And he said, cool, "Sup, bro? Cool turkey call." He said, "Did he?" <laughs> yeah. I, I, so let's talk about what the what the award is. Yeah. Now that you know. <laughs> yeah, it is basically. Pardon my hydration. Yeah, um, it's like sneezing or yawning. Now, now I need hydration. <laughs> um, Basically, so our participation in the, the historic uh, Charleston market as a company that makes – well, most almost everyone there has to make – it's all handmade stuff, right? Yeah. And then every year they recognize – Also, before we go to that, there's a selection process. You can't just go to the Charleston market oh, and yeah, sell yeah, stuff. No, no. This, there's a – you go to a trial. They look at your stuff and they like it or they don't. And well, then, before that, you apply, and they yeah. screen your information to even before they even invite you for the trial. Right. Uh, so, so it's it's, it's, a, it's pretty difficult to get in. It's not just a farmer's market where anyone can go. Because I, I, the only reason I say that is because I used to see living here. I would see the Charleston market and be like, yeah. Those, but now the, that I those realize, folks paid their money to come, and they can do whatever they want. And that's not at all no, the way it works. They work very, very structured. They work very hard to cultivate a collection of vendors that provides a very unique experience to Charleston. You won't find a lot of duplicative duplicate uh, vendors that are selling the same things. Right. Maybe close, but usually there's enough of a difference that they are comfortable well, setting be them like apart, or they'll set them in different buildings. Multiple photographers, right? They're not all taking pictures of the same thing. Right, no, no, but, different styles. Know, right. uh, but you're not going to see five people doing the same thing that we do. Yeah. Um, anyway, so once a year, they, they take all the vendors and they uh, provide an award. They give an award uh, and, and recognition to those who are by the market certified as uh, handmade or handcrafted uh, products. And so for that event, they do a big kickoff kind of thing. It's a special uh, night market on a Thursday because it's usually only Friday or Saturday. And the mayor comes through with his wife uh, and family, and they come through and talk with each of the vendors that are being awarded, talk about their products, what they do. Um, It was a really cool experience. It was weird to do a market on a Thursday night. You know, like we kind of have schedules and we're used to, on a Friday or Saturday night, like in my mind, it's always a possibility. So it's not unusual on a Friday or Saturday night to find myself there. It just feels kind of part of the deal at this point. But on Thursday, that's like one of our usually days we don't have a lot going on unless we're yeah. recording. So it was weird to be there. Knowing uh, you got to get up and go to work tomorrow. Yeah, I think Charleston <laughs> as, a, as a city also thought it was kind of weird because people were yeah. walking through at night like, this is not usually like this. It's kind of right. weird. Is this uh, Friday? <laughs> but the mayor was was really, really nice. Mayor Tecklenburg and his wife were very, uh, very kind. They... Uh, they asked about the company and kind of what we do. Uh, I explained, you know, making things out of uh, uh, bourbon barrels and, and whiskey barrels uh, geared towards the whiskey drinkers and, and the outdoorsmen and the hunter. Showed some of our products. Uh, he was really taken. For what, people, for some reason, are really taken by 
our turkey calls, the pot yeah. calls. I think it's because it's something that not a lot of people see. Uh, and when they see turkey call, I think also people aren't sure what it's for. So, anyways, to make a long story short, I received the award. Uh, talked with him a little bit. He was he's very nice. Uh, took some pictures. We gave him a gift. Gave him a gift. I gave him a smoking uh, smoking block and and some all the, everything that goes along with that. And he, we took a picture with him holding the turkey call upside down, which is kind of funny. <laughs> and his wife holding a striker like it's I don't know. It just, it, it's a funny <laughs> like a magic wand. It's a funny picture when you look at it. Um, Have you seen it? The picture? Yeah. You sent it. I, I was able to look at him, yeah. Oh, I didn't see it. Oh, you I, didn't look at no, him? No, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's pretty funny. It's, oh. it's a good picture. Uh, it's cool to see our setup and with the mayor in the market, yeah. but uh, it's funny to see him holding the... Nice. So, I'm going to post cool. that soon. All right, cool. But that night, you couldn't be there. You were doing something else. Yeah, I was doing the... We had a, our first whiskey and cheese tasting, which was so much fun. It was... I mean, it's hard to explain... Like you listen to people talk about, I guess comedians. When comedians are they're on stage and they're like to have a captive audience, and you stop talking and the room's silent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like to to have people captive in what you're talking about, you know, because just the passion, the passion comes yeah, out. Yeah, you know, sure. we our classes are not what most whiskey classes are. They're way different. But just talking and then gathering my next thought, and everybody's like on the edge of their seat. Mm-hmm. So when it when the whole thing was over. Everybody loved the cheese. Ashton did a great job. It was so much fun. And then at the end, I was like, all right, because we were all a little buzzed up, you know. So sure. I was like, all right, uh, this is my last thing that I need you guys to do for the tasting. And it's going to help me get more business. And I pulled up my phone. I went to Instagram and clicked the story button. And I was like, did you guys have fun tonight? And they were like, Wah! you know, like we erupted. Oh, and I was like, would you didn't... do this again? And they were like, Wah! you know, and that's what didn't post. Yeah. And then it didn't oh, post. Oh man. You, you... I should have done it through like regular Just camera like a video. And yeah, then, yeah. My phone. Man. Screwed up. Lesson learned. Yeah. Next time. But it was a lot of fun. They had a ton of fun. And then I asked uh, the coordinator. The... Coordinator, the events. The. There's a cool word for that. The epitaph, the lady that runs the thing. Okay. So the girl that set it up for us. I asked her, I was like, what, you know, how did it go compared to the last time sure. that we did one there? And uh, we had a couple repeat guests. I, I like, noticed in some of the pictures there were some folks that looked familiar from when we did it the yeah. first time. Yeah. And uh, she said that those folks were like, this was better than the first one. Oh, and, cool. And they were like, this was really good. But everybody had an awesome time. Cool. And uh, the setup and teardown was easy. And then we went to. Magalon and had some Spanish tapas. So you were able to make it where you wanted to go on time yeah, or no? One minute. I had one minute left. <laughs> Walked in the door. <laughs> I'm sure they were thrilled. No, they didn't care. They they knew what we were doing. So it was oh, okay. They were like, oh, it's no big deal. Cool. And they actually sat people after we sat down. So oh, really? their eight o'clock cutoff may have been a lie. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, we did that, and then it was a lot of fun. It was it was just a good time. It sounded like fun. I was a little jealous. I didn't yeah. get to hang out and, and experience, but as someone that's worked the market, it was definitely more fun than the market. <laughs> <laughs> I don't doubt it. But we'll, we'll have more to do. I mean, we're this isn't, you know, I'm in talks with a few people. Yeah, which is funny because one of the places that I reached out to was a local distillery, mm-hmm. and I had sent you the screenshot. And so they they had in their story. They were like, "Give us recommendations on what you would like to have, you know, events at our distillery." And I don't really – we've never talked to them before because, to be honest with you, they're pretty low on our on my list of distilleries that I even care about. You know, I don't care. And so they – I reached out and I was like, you know, we, we do uh, whiskey and cheese tastings. That would be pretty cool. I could bring our – they're called cheesemongers. I can bring our cheesemonger and, and we could do yeah. 
I didn't say any of that. I just said, we do whiskey and cheese glasses, and they're really fun. And they replied, thanks for the idea or something like that. And I was like, it's <laughs> ah, not what I was trying to do, but whatever. Well, let them figure it out on their own. Then That's how they want to run with it. Yeah, well, what's funny is one of the local companies that works with them is someone that else that I tagged in that photo because I want to do something with them too. Sure. And so they reached out immediately, and they, oh, they really? want to do stuff with it, asking us pricing and stuff. But, nice. And I was like, we've done oh, I it. I think I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was cool. like, we've done it from free to $150 a person to, you know, we can do $5,000 a person if you want to go find some expensive bourbon. Yeah, whatever you're into. Yeah, it just, <laughs> you know, depends on the class. But, yeah, so that was an exciting week. Yeah, it's cool. For both of us, I guess. It was busy. And then we had, uh, you've probably listened at this point to the previous week's podcast. We had yeah, Rocks and Karen. Karen guys down, which was cool. Uh, you guys had a good time. Torsten and Ethan. Yep. yep. And then after you left, because we were all kind of like wrapping up to go, you yeah, know? Yeah, I remember that. And uh, I had done another pour, and you were like, meh, and you left. We sat here and watched football for like four hours. <laughs> you sat here and watched football? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's funny. Watched the Clemson game, and then and then we were like, um, let's go, you know, because I got it. We were talking about whiskeys that I have at the house. And yeah. And like, well, let's, the girls are at folly like let's just go there and i was like come on yeah and then we called them and they were like huh let's go home and take a shower first and we all were like it's good seeing you man and next time <laughs> <laughs> that's funny you know how women when they oh yeah being nice but mm-hmm. and then we leave thursday for kentucky kentucky again which is gonna be fun it's gonna be a good time for benefit, sure benefit dinner for uh camp hero supporting rocco and everything he's got going on up there Yep, and we'll be bringing more Simply Stogies. Yeah, if you're part of the Simply Stogies people and you're like, they still haven't done the cigar thing, it's coming. It's coming. It's, it's just a it, lot. It's a lot to go over and a lot to cover, and, the, and we, have, we want to do it justice. And we're using it in many events. Your light's on. Oh, jeez. We're using it in many events, so we're taking it to this dinner as well. We're going to try and actually get some footage of people smoking them this time because everything is just so dark. But I assume there would be like a well-lit smoking area there. Yeah, I mean, if nothing else, we bring a light and... Yeah, put a light out. We could bring that light. <laughs> um, just run up in somebody's face. Yeah, I'll be all right. Smoke your cigar. Yeah, yeah. T- tell it. Talk about it. Yeah. So it's coming. Don't uh, don't think we forgot. We definitely didn't. It's nope. hard to. We it, still have. Yeah, like no, it's one hundred and forty. <laughs> which I haven't had any. You haven't either. Mm-mm. Outside of there, no. So nope. They're going to where we said they would go. That's right. That's right. I did sell like forty on eBay. <laughs> just kidding. That's a joke. But yeah, so what's next? You have a um, yeah. So I had an interesting topic that I came across uh, related to whitetails. Uh, it's really related to hunting in general. Uh, it's, it has to do with game cameras. So we've because we've talked about game cameras a couple different times. <clears throat> we've debated the cellular versus you know whatever. We we've done all that, but just a couple months ago, and I had seen this and sort of forgot about it. <clears throat> but just a couple months ago, Arizona. Game and Fish Department or Commission voted unanimously to ban trail cameras. Period. The whole state, all trail cameras. Wow. Uh, it says that <clears throat> the they voted unanimously to ban trail cameras for the purpose of taking or aiding in the take of wildlife or locating wildlife for the purpose of taking or aiding in the take of wildlife. Now, just a couple years. Previously, they had banned, as several other states have, the use of cellular trail cams. But Arizona is the first state to just outright ban them entirely, which is wild to me. It feels like it would be impossible to enforce. 
You could the cell phone thing because you could look at cell phone plans for tree cameras. If you really wanted to, yeah, you could figure all that out. But their their reason for it is that they feel it violates the fair chase doctrine, which pays respect, uh, according to this, the, the article, respect to the traditions of hunting and angling by emphasizing the development of an individual's skills rather than reliance on practices or technologies that overwhelm the quarry's ability to elude detection or take. Well, so, so when you say man. it that way, I'm like, eh, okay, I get it. I'm not a huge trail camera person. Anyway. And ne- neither of us are. So it's, uh, but I, think I it's, certainly see <clears throat> the benefit for, let's say, cellular trail cams. If you have a private property yeah. or a property where you can't get to easily, it makes it easy to see what's going on out there, right? If you're trying to manage a piece of property. That being said, I also think there is some merit to this in some cases, especially on public land. Right where you have, and this is one of the one of the points that the article goes on to make is that with people putting out trail cameras, you have folks running up into these mountains and into these these watering holes and water sources where elk are and mule deer and white-tailed deer, uh, trying to well Arizona's I don't know if Arizona has white-tailed deer. Regardless, people and more foot traffic bringing cameras out, going and checking on them. If and it's just more people so, in the woods than would need to be. I would. I think if they said no public land trail cameras, I think I'm, I'm all for that. I think I would because be, I would never even consider doing that. Yeah, I think, I would think be okay that's with that true because hunting public land is a whole nother beast. It's different. It's more challenging. Yeah, uh, and I think that and that should be left to whoever is successful on public land should be the guy that put the time in, not the guy that went yeah, out and put cameras. Not the guy out. that put a camera out in June with yeah. a bunch with a, a solar a little solar charger, you know, the yep. wireless transmitter, and is able to see when the when the elk are moving and knows yep. he has a tag for that unit and goes in when it's nice and easy i just think that that takes away from the experience i think i'm in with that um but banning trail cameras entirely i don't know if i'm okay with that there's other uses for it i think it's difficult to enforce only public land yeah because then what about the guy that has property that leads up to public land absolutely yeah there's some but then, even then that's still private property yeah it's private property it's it's a tough line to uh to tow or or, or whatever and it's States that have done that have banned the mobile or the wireless trail cams have had some pushback, but not too much. I don't think. I think it's also, I you know, I'm not a fan of making more laws. So there's another. <laughs> I think we have about enough. We have a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, it's a valid. It's an interesting thing. It, the reason why it's interesting is it's, it's like hunting. Everybody always says God given right. You know, I was born with the yeah yeah. So whatever method I use for take. But trail cameras, that's, I feel as though that is a different topic because that's not a f- weapon. It is. Right. It's kind of like snooping. Sure. You know? Yeah. It's, I don't know, it's, that's it's a, a great, I don't know, that's a good, that's it's, a it's weird a piece topic. Of, it's a piece of technology, right? It's, it's illegal to use, you know, in, in almost every, in every state, you can't use drones to spot and find right. deer. In Alaska and places where you fly in, you can't hunt in the, the same day you yeah. fly in. These are all things to limit using technology and things to give you a huge advantage over your quarry. But as far as Raven crossbow, hundred yard rights are concerned, hundred yard bow season. Yeah, and then there's and there's and there's other <laughs> right, there's other technologies being used that yeah. you bring into question. Like, are these ethical? Are they are they crossing the line? It's, it's hard to. In some cases, it's hard to justify some things that you see in the industry. But at the same time, if those things are helping people 
get in the, the woods more often if if they're being taxed in a way that is putting money back into conservation? Is it a, totally a terrible thing? I don't know. I like the points that they made, to be honest with you, yeah. uh, especially with regard to public land. They're talking about you know hunters going out and putting these trail cameras out and then going out to check them because, remember, they're not cellular anymore. They're not allowed to use them. So they're going out and they're putting more pressure in these hunting yeah. areas, more pressure on watering holes. They're pushing animals away from their natural resources. It's also affecting other people, hikers and campers and people, because now these people are out in the woods more. Uh, you know, hikers are walking by and having their picture taken. You know, yeah. it also, they said it also has increased the, the number of uh, conflicts between people. So, like people, oh, yeah. you know, this is mine. Yeah. You know, <laughs> So things like that. I was it's here just, in March. <laughs> so it's interesting. Now, they, they the ban is supposed to be in effect. Uh, they're aiming for the 1st of January 2022, but they said it's going to depend on the implementation of all the training, you know, all the awareness, and writing all the, the specific bylaws and guidelines. It'd be super that are easy have to, to find, go. too, um, if you wanted to. I mean, just uh, they make equipment that detects cameras. Things that, yeah. Th- yeah. Things that put out signals, it would sure. be super easy for them to enforce. Yeah. Could you imagine if you had a camera out and you didn't know that this law came in place? You should read local laws. If you don't read local laws, it's, it's kind of your fault. But could you imagine go out to your camera and there's just like a DNR guy sitting there and he's like, turn around, put your hands against your back. Yeah. <laughs> it's over. Because they, they always tell you ignorance is not an excuse. Nope. It's not. Um, and, and if it's for your responsibility that, as a hunter to know the rules. 100%. And for those of you that aren't aware, hopefully that's none of you, they're most states put out a yearly book. Um, some, you can pick them up usually in actual physical form and yep. they're always almost online and it gives the regulations, rules and seasons and bag limits and all that stuff. And usually up front is a section that's like, what's new, like yep. what's changed. And that highlights all the it's things. It's usually you, a long section. It's not. Oh yeah. Because think laws get broken, laws get tiptoed around, little yep. loopholes get found and they're always trying, you know, they're always closing things and, and closing loopholes and figuring out what they need to do to fix stuff. So it's, uh, it's good to pay attention to. Yeah. It's different. I think that I'm okay with that law. It's a, it's a, it's a weird, you know, knee jerk to say, even on private land, just outlawed in the state. Yeah. Could you imagine it's like in Virginia, when you cross Virginia lines, it's like radar detectors are illegal yeah. here. It always freaked you, me out when I was younger. You cross over and it's like no radar detectors, no trail cameras ever anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> that would be, think about all the, huh? That's a huge, it's probably a big part of the market. Too. It makes me wonder how much money, they're going to like how much money have they spent enforcing and dealing with, you know, the conflicts between hunters and dealing with answering, you know, whatever issues the trail cameras have brought up. You know, and this is not I'm not I'm not speaking of from a conservation standpoint or what's right or wrong. Just from a monetary perspective, how much have they spent dealing with those issues? How much are they going to spend on the campaign yeah. to get the information out, put signs up because you know they're going to have to put signs up and then dealing with I guess if they're writing tickets, it's revenue generating. So I guess they save money there. I, I just think about all the or people that are going to get hammered. Yes. Yeah. I didn't look up or see what the fines are or anything like that, but I'm sure just, just like, like anywhere else. Did you find this on accident or this is a big story? So I, I came across it a couple months ago and I was like, I need, I need to bring that up because it wasn't around the same time we brought up the, the wireless trail camera, you know, or whatever. And I didn't. I, I forgot about it. It, it just kind of slipped through the cracks with everything else we had going on and getting ready for the, the Kentucky hunt and everything. And then I just came across it again. Somebody posted it on Twitter and I saw it and I was like, Oh, I need to look at that. And I did not realize that they had, 
I, I knew that they were Arizona was moving towards banning, but I thought it was the cellular thing. Like like because Montana, Wyoming, I think, and a couple of others have already done the no cellular trail cams. Mm. I thought that's what it was, and then I read the article today. I was like, oh, they just banned them outright, and they're the first state to do that. Period. That's interesting. Huh. I wonder if it's probably going to catch on. Leave us a comment on what you think of that. Maybe we'll do a full episode on it, talk about what states do it and why. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what people think for sure. Yeah. If you like it, we'll uh, we'll research it and go further into those weeds. Indeed. That's Might all well. I had for uh, for the whole truck camera thing. I just thought it was wild. Yeah, that's interesting. I think that I'm okay with it. I mean, I don't know. But you and I, like like we said, we aren't huge truck yeah, camera people, really. so... I think it's it's see I look at like some of the properties that we hunt like trail cameras are almost mandatory there. Yeah, it is, and it's when you're sharing land with or private property and you're you're sharing it's it's useful to have that intel so you can manage your property. Yeah. You know, Rocco's property, he's bringing people out to show them a good time. You want to be able to put people where where the deer are, but private property versus public, I think that's where mine mine yeah, is. Like sure. I don't have as much of an issue with what you do on your private land. But having armies of people go out and putting cameras out and check, going out to check, the, it's just a lot of yeah, unnecessary I, pressure. I would have never thought anyone actually did that. That's a little ridiculous. Yeah, and I think about our – I thought about our elk hunting trip. What if we had had the opportunity to drop into that little – that bowl and put cameras all over the place to figure out where the elk were moving before we went in there? Yeah. Would we have had an advantage? Sure. But if everybody else was allowed to do the same thing – before we had an opportunity to go out there, then the elk have been pressured out of there. The people have taken, yeah, you know, a bunch of elk already. It's just kind of an unfair advantage to folks that are really trying to. We spent a ton of time doing e scouting. We spent the whole first day and a half figuring out the lay. Like that's hunting. Yeah, we walked a lot. We did exactly what that article said that it was the fair, the fair, fair chase. Yeah, fair chase. Go out and figure it out. Yeah. Read the sign. Look Which is at the half terrain. The fun anyway. Yeah, I mean, if you, I, I love that. Go part on of a it. safari. If you like, if you just want to pull the trigger, uh, you probably shouldn't be in hunting anyway. I think most people would agree with that. That are that are hunters. It's the, it's the thrill of the chase. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, I'm excited about this weekend, mainly because the girls get to see the spot. Yeah, I am excited, and I've been talking about it since I've been back. I'm very excited for to be able to see she's driven through Kentucky just like you know, yeah, yeah. a lot of us have but to stop and actually go through that little town and we'll go see Linda or Linda's making bourbon pecan pie and she's making Andy something without chocolate I can't remember oh bourbon apple pie oh really yeah so Linda cooks with all buffalo trays just regular leader size buffalo trays just <laughs> gloves it in there but her food's really good you didn't get a chance to eat oh you had some of her pie I did have some of the pie, two, yeah. two pies. She had a, some peanut butter, chocolate, yeah. bourbon. That was what Rick wanted. Good Lord, is that good. <laughs> it's money. But she's bringing it to Rocco's dinner. Also, awesome. we have, so we're going to, Thursday we're going to drive up. Do you know what time we're leaving? Uh, I don't. Can we leave earlier? How early is earlier? Like, it's eight hours, so. Yeah. Yeah, we'll leave early. Okay. I don't know. I mean, we'll figure that out. Probably not the best time. <laughs> But, probably, yeah, this is probably yeah. not the best time to figure it out. But we'll, <laughs> so figure, we'll it out. figure it out. And then we're going to go up there. So we have time. I wanted to run through McKee since it's kind of on the kind of on the way. Sure. Uh, it's not really. It's an offset. But anyway, Friday, we're busy. Then we have the dinner. And then Saturday, I was thinking, 
I don't know what we want to do. If we want to do a distillery tour or if we want to go to whiskey bars and try some like Target whiskeys that are oh, bourbons. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what the girls would like more. Andy's been to a couple of them there. Has she? Have you've been to I've been to one distillery. Yeah. When I was younger, I haven't been. I've been to several breweries. Yeah. Uh, but I mean it'd be cool to, to do maybe maybe we do one pick one distillery tour to do and then and then go try some some bourbons or, or you know. Yeah. I don't know. We'll figure it out. That'd be fun. But Saturday I think will be a, a fun day, but we can show them around. If we don't have time Friday, we can we can go back down Saturday. Yeah. But yeah, I think it'll be a good time and it's kind of cool. This will be our first like us four trip somewhere. Yeah, it will be. Which is wild to think about. Yeah, it is. Um we've <clears throat> Yeah, this is our first trip, isn't it? Yeah. I was just thinking in my head as I said it that I don't think it was, but most people, their best friends, like that, their best friends and their wives, hang out all the time. We're like the anomaly. <clears throat> well, it's, I don't really hang out with anybody though. We're all super busy, and yeah, yeah, we're the same way. We don't have a whole lot of like hangout type of friends. Yeah, outside of so it's. I guess I'm not surprised. Honestly, it yeah. is what it is. But we, every time we've done something, it, we've always met one or the other there. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of us has already been there, like you, me coming to the to your wedding or you coming to mine or whatever the case has been. It's always been one of us traveling to meet the other person to do a thing. Yep. But we've never, we've never done this before. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, we'll look forward to it. And then we also, we have the Sniper's Unknown Challenge coming up. Oh, yeah. Have you seen all of Lariat's videos? I've been watching... Several of them. Uh, wh- how new? How new? Like today? like the one that he just did with I think it was Soul Collector was the guy. Oh no, I don't think I saw that one. Dude, it's uh, it's funny. Oh, it's not funny. I mean, it's badass, right? But they had so he had sent me a bunch of pictures. Oh yes, the video of them like slow mo rolling through the a yeah, building. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he sent me this picture, and I'll I'll put it up on the screen. Oh my! So I did I did this. <laughs> <laughs> So for those just listening, it's it's Lamar Lariat doing a uh, a pose with a weapon system, and he's got like this "What's going on?" face, like it's a funny picture. And so then I I overwrote "Thin Red Lamarticus" instead of "Thin Red Line," but it's <laughs> funny. But I'm looking forward to it. He's but I guess we're gonna be ROs at the uh, Snipers Unknown Challenge. That's fun. Yeah, so we'll be able to be right there with the boys, experiencing all of it. And we're teaching a whiskey class that Friday night. Yeah. To the sponsors. That'd be cool. That'd be fun. And then the barracks. They literally have, like, barracks. So we'll yeah. be sleeping in. But they have rooms, you know, so it's, like, two little twin-sized beds in yeah, each yeah. room. And I think it's a shared latrine. Oh, nice. Yeah, it'll be fun. Andy's going to love it. Oh, yeah, she's really going to love it. Yeah. I don't, I'm not going to tell her any of that. But. <laughs> uh, and it's it's her birthday and our 12th year wedding anniversary that weekend. So that's what, mm. that's what good husbands do. Take their wives to shooting competitions. And to stay in a barracks. And to stay in a barracks with shared latrines. Mm. But it'll be fun, I think. So new, we're gearing up for the holiday season and pumping out some stuff. Yeah. And we are not ready probably, but we're getting there. Getting there. Lots, lots going on. And then we're really excited for Seawee coming up in February. Yeah. So this has been, there's more in the talks of it. So we're, we're going to have a lot more integral part in the Brittle Bank Park section, which we've discussed. But I don't think we're ready to go into full details yet. No, we'll save that for a while because 
you know, our luck will. Yeah, something will happen. Something will happen and something will fall through. So, or they'll close it for COVID or we'll, something. We'll wait and hold on to those details and share those with you kind folks when it's a little closer, I think, and things are a little bit more cemented in place. Yeah, but we are recruiting help. So if you yeah. live in the Charleston area and you want to help us and you know a little thing or two about us or the whiskey industry, we've probably actually good because I've already been asking people, but... Colton's going to help us. I got the neighbor helping, and um, his fiance is interested in helping, and maybe Andy's sister-in-law. Cool. Which I don't know what that is to me. My wife's brother's wife. Nothing. I don't know. My extended sister. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know what that term is. We should make it up. Uh. Leave us know in the comments. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what to call it. My, to call it. <clears throat> my creative juices are not flowing today. Yeah, it's been we've been slammed the past two weeks. We got a lot going on, but it's also cowboy boot weather. <laughs> Kinda wearing your shit kickers. I am. I that's am. Good. Yeah, they got a little wet today, but that's what they're for. That's what they're for. Then I don't think we really have anything else for this episode. I got something really important to ask. Okay. What are you wearing to this thing on Friday? I'm going to wear jeans, what I normally wear. Yeah. Jeans, boots, and, and maybe, sure a, maybe a nice way button up. Offline. Maybe way a nice off. button up. Oh, I can say that now that that is done and <clears throat> it has been picked up by nobody wants their name mentioned. <sighs> Trying to promote people. And they're like, no, please don't. Because oh. they don't want other people to reach out and be like, hey, give me this, give me the same deal. So Jim yeah. Beam has oh. generously, we reached out. So we're doing the smoked old fashioned for Rocco's dinner. There was like 400 people coming or something mm-hmm. along those lines. So we're doing full flight smoking boards instead of individual blocks, custom made, bring a bunch of torches. Hopefully their glassware fits. We still don't have a size on the glassware, but if it's a straight old whiskey glass, it'll fit. So we reached out to Bittermilk. They hooked us up. We, through a channel or two, reached out to Jim Beam. Yep. And Jim Beam gave us 48 bottles of the extra age, the black label Jim Beam. Oh, really? 48 bottles of that, They all, which is like 680 cocktails, I think, if yeah. I did the math right. And they also gave us a bunch of cups and napkins and some other stuff. That I don't cool. really, I'm not, I don't know what they are, but the guy that got it is putting together packages for auction and stuff, so I assume it's nice, pretty decent things. That is very cool. So that is really cool that Jim Beam stepped up for that. And the guy that got it from Jim Beam doesn't want to be mentioned. And the guy that picked it up for us from Jim Beam also doesn't want to be mentioned. But it's done. I've seen pictures. It's real. If you're listening to this and you know who you are, thank you. Thank you very much. We appreciate you yeah. helping us out with this. Uh, not, I mean, he's not really helping us. You're helping out Rocco and sure. uh, this veteran charity dinner to make an extra special. Yeah, it's something that I think we both knew on the surface, getting in, you know, when we started this company, that the hunting and the whitetail industry and, and the the whiskey kind of bourbon community are all very nice people. Yeah. Uh, but we are continually surprised and reminded of just how nice and, and genuinely giving yep. people are willing to, to, to help out uh, great causes. So, yeah, thanks. But there's also a lot of great causes out there. So the fact that they pick the one that we're involved with yeah. you know that means a lot we really appreciate it and we're gonna we have one person's name and i'm not sure if i can mention her or not 
But there will be a handwritten thank you to her from all of us and Rocco and, and all that yeah. to be given. And maybe something else for her. I don't know. We're going to, but yeah. Very kind. We're super excited. And with that, I think we're done. So you can find us on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube, all at Whiskey and White Tales. Yes. We have videos coming out that are not podcasts. They're just things that we do. Sometimes we clip good parts of a podcast and put them in there. And then sometimes we will do like a quick 20-minute of a full-hour episode that goes on Patreon. So we have a Patreon page as well, Yep, which is just patreon.com slash Whiskey and White Tales. That's correct. That's and where you, the viewer listener, can support us and in return get some cool things, get access to some cool things, but... More importantly, you get to help dictate and influence what we have going on here. It's your opportunity to help produce yep. what we do. So One of our tiers is a EP. It's an executive producer, and that is a real thing. We have a Whiskey and Whitetails LinkedIn page, and if you are an executive producer or you want to be, you can head over to Patreon and do that. And then accept our invitation on LinkedIn to be part of our company, and it comes as real. Yep. We give you real uh, credentials to being part of the company, so... You can look at a couple guys that have already, well, more than a couple people that have already done it, and uh, we repost their stuff all the time as REPs. They're yeah. helping us guide this content. That's right. The Also, some of the tiers have a shirt, and we are coming up on the third month of patronage. So all of you that have been there for three months now, you will be getting a shirt this month. But I will say, I've already reached out, and there's some issues with getting stuff. As you know, almost everything does. Don't worry. It's coming. Yeah. We'll get Supply it. chain. As soon as we can. It's out of our hands. It's China. It's China. Maybe. I don't Maybe. know who it is. I don't even know where the shirts come from. They may not be China. I just I just blame everything on China. Yeah, could. We also looked at run, doing a run of hats, and we could not get any of the hats in the color that we wanted. Yeah. So that might be China's, coming. China's buying all the real estate, buying all the hats. They're buying all the water. They bought. Isn't Suntory? No. Never mind. I don't know. I was. I don't remember who they are. I think yeah. it might be Japanese. Suntory's Japanese, yeah. Yeah, so never mind. They're not buying all the whiskey. We had Chinese whiskey, and it was not good. It's not good at all. <laughs> so <laughs> they're not doing that right. But, yeah, so you can get us on there, and then if you want anything from our shop, right now everything is on sale. And you yeah. can also use code PODCAST, and you get 20%, 20% off. 20% Take advantage of that stuff now, because the holidays are getting ready to start, and... We love everybody, but we're also a business. Yeah, if you don't know how sales sale, work. Sale prices are getting ready to go away uh, yeah. as the holidays move in and we move into our busy season. So it does two things. One, obviously it helps us generate revenue. But when things aren't super duper duper cheap, uh, it also slows the number of sales so we can keep up with production, which we're trying to get ahead of now. But it's inevitable that we're going to get sold out and be sold out at five days point. last year. So. Trying to avoid that this year. Hopefully we can get ahead of it so that maybe instead of every five days, it's every 20. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But yeah, the sales. Good problems to have. If you see them and you're like, oh, they're on sale a lot. It's like, yeah, that's during the summer. Yep. We do not run de- run sales during the, we just don't, we don't, we just don't. Yeah. The prices will be whatever they are. Yep. But uh, check the it out. podcast will still work. Uh, but, of course. But other than that, nope. So if you want to get discounted and use code podcast, now's the time. Or don't. Christmas is coming. Yeah, there's no stopping it. All right. Well, thank you for uh, listening. 
Thank you for being here. If you're new, thanks for joining. Yeah, give us a like, leave a comment, if you've subscribe. Been here, and if you've been here a while, thanks for continuing to support. Like Matt said, like, comment, subscribe. Tell your friends about us. Tell your grandma about us. Grandma will love it. Tell your kids about us. Yep. Tell my kids. I don't know. So until next time, cheers. Cheers. Oh, we only had one glass of whiskey this episode. Yeah, that's fine. Cheers, everybody. Mm. Now hit that button.